Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. So this week we're talking about uh, the 1986 classic Stand By Me, um, uh, which stars River Phoenix and Corey Feldman and Jerry O'Connell and Will Wheaton and was made by Rob Reiner um, and was rented out of Blockbuster Video every weekend from about 1990 to 1998 by me and my brother. Hope you enjoy. You're never going to get out of this town now, my Corey. Anything you want, man. I just wish I could go someplace where nobody knows me. <laughs> okay, we're starting. I couldn't think of what you were going to talk about with this film. Well, that's interesting. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. Could be a silent half hour. So, today we're talking about the film Stand By Me, which, Dad, you'd never seen before. No, I don't know how I'd You'd so never long. seen it. Mm. Uh, and you watched it the other night. We've not discussed what you thought about no. it, so I have no idea what you're about to say. Did you like this film? Well, it would be impossible not to like it. The boys are so charming. That's what we like to hear. And it's done with such... Warmth and. Did you feel moved? Well, at various times. Um, I love this film. I love it. I assumed you did. Yeah, and I wasn't sure. I, you know, you never know whether something you loved as a kid, you love it because you, it feels nostalgic. Mm. Uh, Frankie and I used to rent this video out of the. Frankie is my brother, people. Uh, we used to rent this out on video like every weekend and oh, watch really? it. Yeah, we were obsessed with it. Again, I wasn't sure whether I was obsessed with it because when you're a younger, when you have older brothers, yeah. you like. I can remember things I watched when I was a kid that now I think about with hindsight that I'm like, that was so weird. I just watched that because Frankie watched it and yes. I obviously didn't get it. Um, so I sometimes think, oh, did I love Stand by Me because Frankie loved Stand by Me because it was about little boys. But no, I genuinely love this film. Not really little boys, they're teenagers, aren't they? Well, to an adult woman, they, yes. they're little no, no, no. boys. Mm. They're tw- They're about 12? They're sort yes. of just no, they before... Talk about, yes, they yeah, they're 12. sort of just before teen. Yes. And I think that's what... I, that's why, to me, it's honestly magical because mm. it's the exact moment in your life before you become a teenager or like before you... It's like almost there's still that sort of innocence. There's so being a 12-year-old is distinctive? I think so. I think you still believe. I think. I'm not sure I can remember. I think there's a point in your life when you stop believing in magic. Do you know what I mean? Well, for me, maybe I'm dead inside. Hadn't that gone by then? I think you still have it a little bit. They still, you know, you're still scared of ghosts. You there's still elements of things you're scared of Mm. and things. that 
again, we'll talk about it in a bit, but like the pie eating contest, you still... Oh, that made me laugh a lot. Yeah, you, st- you still become absorbed in a way that when you're a grown-up... Um, uh... <coughs> what do you cough? <coughs> oh, that's an unpleasant noise on the microphone. <coughs> when I start to indicate that we should stop. Would you like a glass sorry. of water? No, we don't have to no, stop. No, I'm all right now. Um, I love the pie eating contest. The pie, oh, because it I was, was so funny. It was so funny, right? I thought, oh God, Dad might watch this because he is. How old are you? Eighty. Because he is eighty. I think you're older than eighty. Um, what do you mean you thought I was older than 80? I thought you were about shame. 80. Possibly even 82. What a terrible No, you're 80. You're 80. Um, uh, I thought you might go, well, this is a kid... You know, so I can't watch stuff that's actually aimed at kids. I can't watch kids' films. I can't watch cartoons. I can't watch things that my friends can watch, uh, like all those... What are they called? Um, the an- like the animated films. Yes. Wally and... They're obviously really amazing and moving. Yes. And my friends watch them and love them. And I'm like, I can't engage with things for children because my imagination is dead. <laughs> um, but for some reason, I watched this film a couple of years ago, actually, for some reason. And I was really nervous about watching it, thinking, am I going to, is the magic of this film going to be mm. dead? Sometimes you watch something you loved when you were a kid yep, and you just go, oh, God. Um, but, oh, my God, it really gets, it mm. really gets me. Um I find it super moving from the opening scene when you hear the music, the song. I find really moving, and the, the well, that's um, just you being soppy. That's just me being soppy. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, for some reason, it just it does something to my like. Well, and clearly to a lot of people. Yeah, that sense of nostalgia, and it's some. It's just a moment in your childhood mm. when things were like a little bit magical. Um, before they all went wrong. Before they all went wrong, yeah, or before you know too much, or before yeah. you like there's like a deadening. Well, the loss of innocence is so. The, I used to yeah. look at you and think, oh, I can't bear your losing, you and Frankie losing your innocence. It's so. I know this is why. <laughs> I couldn't have children because I can't watch somebody mm. that it is that you suddenly start to know things I even yes. have it with Una and Ruby a little bit Una and Ruby are my nieces Stephen's your grandchildren my grandchildren uh, and suddenly you go oh, you, you you know things yes. and you're starting to it's, figure things out yes yeah. life is a, just a slide downhill yeah um, and those bo- the boys in the film are really extraordinary um, go on River Phoenix. What do you know about River Phoenix? What do you well, think I remember about River, River Phoenix? Phoenix. Um, Everybody adored River Phoenix. But but he is extraordinary. Uh, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I'd had... forgotten that it was him. Yeah. So you think you look at this boy and think, my God, you are the most astonishing He's child. Astonishing. Then it turned out to be River Phoenix, whom I knew. <clears throat> was oh, you didn't realise when you watched it. You didn't realise no, it was River no. Phoenix. At what point did you realise it was River Phoenix? When I saw the end credits, I think. Um, I didn't know who he, I thought he was absolutely wonderful that's really and, interesting and odd because he was in a sense playing the second part he wasn't playing the lead yeah, yeah. Um, and I do remember how people used to talk about him understandably he has because they're essentially sort of child actors but are he, they all child actors well, well um, do you know who the other guy was Corey no. felt oh you don't know who any of them were let, me, let me teach you a lesson yes. okay so the other guy so the not the main the main guy is a guy called Will Wheaton who then if I'm being horrible didn't really go on to do yeah. much um, <laughs> that sounds so mean I think he might have been in Star Trek or something like that 
Um, the guy, uh, Corey Feldman. Which one's he? The one that's angry, the one that got his ear burned on a stove, the one with the glasses. Yeah, the, uh, yes. Um, so he became this sort of... He was also in The Goonies and he was in Gremlins. So he was a real... Ter- Do you know yeah, what those are? Yes. Yeah. He was a real ter- uh, famous child actor. And there was another guy called Corey Haim. But then what happened to him? Wait for it. So there was another guy called Corey Haim. Who, who, they were in maybe the film of The Lost Boys together. Was he the... I'm going to be really unkind. Was he the fat boy? No. No, he's the... Angry, sorry, no. Corey Haim isn't in this film. Right. But Corey Feldman... Is the angry one. Is the angry one. And he became this really famous... They were called the Two Corys, and they were these young kids in Hollywood. And I think they might have even had a reality show. And they, both of them, just went crazy and became drug addicts. And Corey Haim died. And Corey Feldman's life sort of... Collapsed. Just completely... He was like a sort of classic... So he Train never wreck became, of he a never child became actor. An, he never became a grown-up actor. No. Um, it seems to happen to them all. It, yes. well, it does happen to them all, but also it does... I, I always think, is it just because when someone's famous and they their life spirals out of control, we can see it, but actually the percentage of people that end up drug addicts mm. is probably Well, I suppose it's, it's that moment in someone's life when it all works and it makes sense and they're coherent, and then they change, they grow up. But also, I think it's that being given everything. Yes. You know, you feel so important and special, and it does a weird, you're like mm. ego, it's like ego meeting, crippling, insecure, yep. that stuff. Um, so he turned into a sort of train wreck, and, and I think it's still now, it gets done for drug possession yep. every couple of years, and everyone's <clears throat> like, oh, Corey Feldman's still a drug addict. The, as you so kindly called him, the, the chubby boy. Um, so much kinder than I am. No, well, it is. In the film, they're so mean about it, and it's yes. such a thing, isn't it? Um, the chubby boy, but jokes on all of us. So he grew up. He's called Jerry O'Connell. Do you know who Jerry O'Connell is? Nope. He grew up, and have you seen the film Jerry Maguire? Yes. Yes. So he is the very muscly jock. I think his name is... Cash or something oh, really? in Jerry Maguire. So he grew up to be a grown-up actor. He was a grown-up actor and he's pretty successful. And he's but he's like a sort of classic hunky oh, well, there you are. jock actor. And he married Rebecca Romaine. Do you know who Rebecca Romaine nope. is? A, be- a like ridiculously beautiful blonde supermodel actress. Well, lady. you wouldn't have predicted that for him. You wouldn't have predicted it for him at all. However, I would argue he's really good. Yes, he's, he's very, really very good, good in the film. No, 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 he's very, very and he good. plays it. It's such a specific type of character because he's he's not stupid, but he's the one. So I feel like the narrative for all of them is that they can't they they will never leave this town. They will never escape this town, right? And River Phoenix, he's from a bad family and he's tainted with. He's the one who ends up as a lawyer. Yeah, and then dies. Yes. Um, uh, so River Phoenix, but he's, you know, the whole story about the milk carton and that he gets accused of stealing yes. the, the milk money uh, when he actually gave it back. So he's from a sort of bad family and he knows there's no hope for him. And then the main one, Gordy, he's never going to escape the town because he's ta- he's living in the shadow of his older brother, John Cusack. <laughs> the but angelic. He be- but he becomes a but writer. But he becomes a writer. I'd always known that John was in it. 
But I, yeah, when I, when I said Stand By Me, you were like, oh, the John Cusack film. I was like... Well, I knew if, that John was in that's it. What I didn't know what he it. played. I didn't know he played this He's the dead hero. brother who's only in about two scenes. Yeah. However, I do think John Cusack is perfectly cast. No, no, no. I've thought about that. Yeah, Yeah, because he, he's that... You, you buy him as a jock football superstar, but you also buy that he's a, just a nice, wonderful yes. older brother where the parents are kind of monstrous and the dad's horrible. Um, he's adorable. He's yes, adorable no, no, no. in it. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, and then the other guy obviously has this dad who is mentally unwell, who burned his ear on the stove. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And then Jerry O'Connell, the, the chubbier boy... Um, he's the one where you feel like, oh, he doesn't want to escape the town. He's very happy to yeah. grow up and, and well, marry the woman he down. Doesn't, he doesn't seem ambitious in the way that the others are. Yeah, but it well, you don't it, you don't use the word ambitious to describe him. Yeah, but it's a really, it's, it's, again, not stupid, but he just does it in a way where you like him, you yeah. don't think he's stupid, he's not playing it for laughs. Um... Even at the end, when he um, when he goes back into his house and he picks up the penny, it's so sweet. Yes. Um, That's right. He picks up a penny. He picks up the penny, and the whole thing happens because they're he's searching for his pennies that he lost. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Did you like the voiceover narrative? I mean, I don't mind it. It seemed, you know, simply it was there, and I had no complaints. You about it. You had no complaints about it. Look, yeah, no, no, no. I think it's amazing, mm. but generally it is a thing that people don't like in films. Or yes, but they take these rather extreme positions when the voiceover is good. I know. I always think that it's not a problem. It's. Th- I always. It's thought to be. I always get the vibe. It's thought to be like, oh well, you should be able to tell it in the story. Yes, but I watched. Um, um, the great French film, Jules Jim, I watched the other night. Oh, I was thinking uh, about watching that. It's suddenly, is it his, it, it's Truffaut's, it's some sort of anniversary or something. It's, it's his, on in loads of cinemas. It's his, I want to say 50th anniversary. Yeah, it's something it like that. 50 years since his death. But it, there is an anniversary and there's a season of all his films at, at the BFI. And yeah. we went to see Jules Jim. And somebody else, <coughs> Andy, had been to see his first film, which was called Le Cache Son Coup. Yeah, I think we watched that in school. I remember watching I'm that sure. in school, yeah. Wonderful. Um, and do they have voiceovers? Truffaut loves a voiceover. Um, I can't speak for Le Carson Coup, but uh, Julie Jim has does a voiceover. Have a voiceover. Mm. Um, I like them. I feel like you're, it's like you're being told a story. Yes, it's like you're yes. a kid being told a story. Yeah. Um, and I think in this... And the truth is, if, you're te- if in, when you're doing the voiceover, you are describing what's on the scene, there's something wrong. You're always trying to add to the scene or describe something that is off camera. Yeah. For some reason with this, it just really works in that... I mean, I really like that it's shaped in the... Hmm. Do you know who's doing it? It's Richard... Dre- I don't know how you pronounce his name. Dreyfus? Dreyfus? Well, Richard Dreyfus is the writer at the end. Yeah. Who's, who's, he grows um, up to be Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. And for that sort of... It, it adds such a thing that it's all yes. about, like, nostalgia That and just childhood. means that it's good. Um, it's good. It's not a problem when it's not very good. It's a pain in the arse. Yeah. I think, so it was, that film was made in 1986, but it's set obviously in 1959, I think. Oh, it was made in 86. Yeah. It was made five years before I worked with John. Yeah. Um, do you think, in my head, it's it feels 
quite timeless. Like I think I could show it to kids now yeah. and they would really like yeah. it. Um, do you think well, that music was very much the music so good? The music was of its time. Yeah, when we were at school, we used to have the soundtrack. We used to play it all the time. Well, it was a, a real. It was a whole thing. Um, but do you think because it's set in a specific era that then allow? So if you, obviously if you make a film that's just set now, whenever you're making the film, it then feel sometimes they then feel dated. No, right? but when was it? But when was it supposed to be set? Fifty nine. It was. It took place in fifty nine. In nineteen fifty nine. And they filmed it in the early eighties. Yeah. So what is your question? Well, that it makes it it because you have had thirty years behind. 59, 69, 79. Yeah, you've had almost 30 years to, to like, re-examine that time. Yes. You can tell it in a way... Well, he was very clear-eyed about it. Yeah, rather... But when you're setting a film in the era that you are in, you can't see it clearly. Well, you're not detached. Yeah. You're not separate in any way. So I remember there was a film in the 60s, 70s, called Summer of 42. Yeah. About a boy falling in love with a girl. Um... I mean, it's quite a familiar genre. A period, <laughs> anything. Summer of 42, so it was a film set in 1942. Yeah. But it was really about a young man growing up. Yeah, but there's something about, I don't know, I just often now, a lot of films that people really love, if you, that were made before one's own time, if you, a lot of times in my life I've watched a film that people really love and been like, oh, it just felt a bit old like things are more sophisticated now or the way stories are told are more is more even as we have spoken about like when I watched Psycho I thought I was going to be really scared I was quite young at the time and I was just a bit like oh well this isn't scary it looks silly why is he going well I can't answer that Um, it terrified me (laughs) no but because it had I I'm not saying it's bad but it it well, you things are, move on yes, don't they, they? yes you are who you are mm. you are who you mm. are and things move on whereas mm. I feel like this film it just I feel like it could have just been made right now um, and it would have the same effect and yes. I feel like kids could watch it right now and that's because it's very know. good and it's very well it's very the selections it's made was it a book so it's a Stephen King book. It's a Stephen King yeah, book. Yeah, called The Body. Yeah, so somebody... It might have even been a short story. Somebody got it right. You can't really say much more than that. It's in not... other words, they didn't put things in that were incongruous or yeah. seemed out of place. And in, But I think in the book, it's more um, all four boys, and I think they decided to tell it from Gordy, the main boy's um, yeah. perspective. When they well, then they made it. a good decision. And Stephen King always hates films of his books but he likes this one. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it's not a horror. I think the, the best, in my humble opinion, the best Stephen King film, the best books of Stephen King films are this and Shawshank, neither of which are horror, are horror films. Although I do really love The Shining, so that adds Carrie, is that good? Yeah, but I don't love it like I love this. Yeah, yeah. It's and very, I don't love it, it like I love Shawshank. Yes, it's very hard to... Dislike this film. It's such a. Its heart is so in the right place. But and I can't believe you didn't. Such... Yeah, you didn't find it moving. The thing that killed. The well, thing that kills uh, me. When you say I don't find it moving, I found bits moving the whole time. I was, I was an endlessly gripped. I didn't find. When, what's the line they say at the end about? I'll never be that innocent again, or I'll never be that. No, happy. he says <clears> something about. Do you mean? Um, I never had any friends 
I never had better friends than I did when I was 12. Yes, Jesus I does anyone. I'm not sure that I believed that. I thought, is that true? I didn't think, well, that certainly wasn't true of me. It wasn't true of you. Mm. Mm. I think, no, that's not true when I think about my friends now. Yes. Although, one of my best friends now, I did have when I was 12. Um, when but, you went to school. Yeah, but I, again, it's like what I was saying at the beginning, it's, there's an innocence to those oh, friendships. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, yes, if I disagree with that line, it, that doesn't seem to be the end of the world. Yeah. No, but as in, it's not to do with a better friend, but it's a type of friend you have when you're that age. The friendship between Gordy and River Phoenix, you just completely buy it, right? Yeah, you completely... completely and that there's no competitiveness, there's no mm. resentment mm. to the other... Yeah. River Phoenix really does want him to go on and become a writer, yeah. and he doesn't feel... You know, when he says, like, I can't, I I obviously can't, you go off to college and I'm, that's obviously mm. not going to happen mm. to me. Mm. Um, uh, I think that's the thing about River Phoenix that I find, that I think makes him so interesting. I feel like most child stars, there's a quality that they have, which is a kind of cuteness. So, like, Macaulay Culkin, who was obviously an amazing child star... Mm. I don't know if you've watched Home Alone. <laughs> I'm not Recently sure that I've ever, ever. Seen, I don't think I've ever seen it. But he's cute. He has this yeah, like no, complete... I, no, I know. I've seen clips. I've seen bits. So I understand entirely what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Whereas River, yes, Phoenix, River has Phoenix has a world weariness. He's, he's much kind more of. sophisticated. Than, yeah. And much less Hollywood. Almost, and he know he knows too much, and also he's just innately quite cool. And he was so he's the cool one in that film, yes. and you buy he's the cool one in real life. Unclear eyed. Yeah. Um, and then was just so good at acting. That milk carton speech, when he cries, mm. it really kills me. You weren't moved by it. Uh, did you think the train scene was good? The train running? When they... When they when they, when they walk across the bridge and the train terrifying. chases them. It was so... And I have seen that so many times, and I, I know the train's not going to hit them. Well, I knew all along the train wasn't going to hit them, but it was very it was just it's done so really well. good the way it's done and yes, the, like absolutely. the long the wide shot of them the little kids walking along the bridge and then the he keeps stopping and touching the track and you know the train's coming and you yes. know the train's coming well i thought the touch in the track was rather good because it, yeah i thought it was amazing you, that's how you learn that there's a train on it mm. yeah and then he mm. does it again and you just know it's coming mm. um no i was expecting it. and then when they jump off I couldn't quite see, I didn't quite know where they jumped. Yeah, I mean, it was a stretch. I think, realistically, they would have died. <laughs> well, no, because the train driver could clearly see them. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You've seen the train oh, driver. Oh, do you think the train could have stopped? Well, the train driver... Can would... a train just stop? I don't know. What do I know about trains? Certainly trains in the West. But you would have thought that he could have stopped. I think maybe a train... It never crossed my mind that he would stop. Well, they have brakes, don't they? I mean, they stop at stations. Yeah. You might have taken well, then I half think maybe you couldn't see them. They were very... No, clear. you see them through the window. Interesting. The farmer or whatever, the engine why, driver. Why, mm. Well, maybe they were just like these dumb kids at all yes, my bridge yes, and I'm going to take... Absolutely, quite right. I'm going to take them down. Kill them, kill them. Um, I think that's what... that. I think that's another thing that makes... it's. It, I mean, it's sort of a road trip. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a trip film. Yeah. But each thing, almost in such a simple way, it's like there's always jeopardy. So every time you yeah. go back no, to no. them, I found that jeopardy. when they go in the river, I was very frightened. The leeches... Well, the leeches were horrible. There are leeches in the African Queen. When I was a child, because of this film, I didn't know what leeches were, but it strikes the fear yes. of God into you. Well, when Humphrey Bogart came out of the river... He had leeches. There were leeches on him. I've he, seen the African Queen. Well, there, there are leeches on him when he comes out of the river and he was in a... Ter- oh, God, get him off me, get him off. I mean, it really frightened him. Yeah, I think every time for the yes. rest of my life I've gone into any sort of dark water... I've never seen a leech I've never seen I've a, never leech seen in a my, leech. No. Where are they? Well, presumably they're in certain kinds of stagnant water. Or, for all I know, moving water. But, but do we have them in England? I don't know. Anyway, that scene haunted me. But always when they go into rivers, normally a crocodile appears. Yeah, someone's so, going in the water, you know, something, something's, something's going to get Something's them. going to appear. Someone's so running was, across the train track, you know the train's going to No, come. I was I was look, scouring the bushes for a crocodile. Oh, uh, okay. Or I suppose you call it an alligator in America. Um, yeah, so go on, and what other... Well, then there's the scene where it's the, then the pie-eating contest and then yes. it's night time and you think they're going to attack. I'm interested in you loving the pie-eating contest because I thought that bit, when you're a kid, again, when I think of Stand By Me, I think of the pie-eating yes. contest. Because when you're a child, in the way that it entertains them so much, you just think it's the best thing you've ever well, seen. Well, it's very, very funny. The boy, <laughs> the boy is so funny. I would have thought as a grown-up, you might be like, why is there this weird... Story in the middle. It made me laugh. Is the that culmination right? of the story. Is that all everyone right? It made me laugh. Barfing. The use of the word bath. Everyone barfing on each other. Barfing is a. It's very American. It's barfing. an American term mm. for vomiting. Yes, it used to be in Mad magazine. Barfing. Yeah. Mm. He's he's like it's a barfarama. Yes. No. 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 And then that's the end of the story. And then it's very funny when then Vern. It's like, well, then what happened? <laughs> well, I'm not surprised, yes. Yes, I want to know what happened. Um, Listen, if you can do a scene like that, I take my hat off to you. Yeah, and also it is... Is that in the book? Have you read the story? No, but I might actually read it. Mm. I think it might be a short story, even. Yeah, but that's all right. Who invented that scene? Was that Stephen King? I think it's got to have been. The man's a genius. The well, man that, that may well be, but did he invent that scene, or did the screenwriters invent that scene? 
Also, in the um, book, at the end, when Gordy draws the gun, um, uh, and we... That's, like, such, obviously, a pivotal moment for his character. Yeah. And the kind of journey that he's... The emotional journey that he's been on. In the book, it's River Phoenix that pulls the gun. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. And I kind of think, like... I bet there was a row with River about that. <laughs> I want to do it. No, I, I want to do, do the gun. Yes. I know. But I, again, it's sort of... That's why I think... But isn't River... River Phoenix is the one who's about to be stabbed. Yeah. So he's... Stood... But also, so at the beginning, when they steal the hat, the junk... So Gordy's wearing his older brother's hat, and it's a huge emotional thing for him. Yeah. And then the mean guys... We haven't talked about them yet. We'll talk about them no, in a minute. Right. The mean guys threaten them, and River Phoenix doesn't do anything. One of them's River Phoenix's big brother, um, and River Phoenix is a bit of a pussy and just stands there and, and doesn't do anything. So then, at the end, when River Phoenix stands up to them, oh, he's grown up. Yeah. Well, that was uh, uh, well, that nuance particularly escaped me. Yeah, but... he's suddenly standing up to the bullies, mm. and then Gordy, who the whole Draw, way through draws the gun on them. has been a bit of a who's the kind of sweet little yes. nerdy one. He draws the gun, and you sort of do believe he will shoot. He will shoot you. Um, Not a risk I want to take. No, and do, yeah. What did you think? Do you know who Kiefer Sutherland is? Did you identify him as the actor? Yes. You know who he is. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's very good. Yes. He's terrifying. Do you want me to tell you a story about him? Yeah. Go on. I really admire him. Yeah. In High Fidelity. Yeah. He came to see me and said, "I would like to read." for the part that we cast Jack Black in. Uh... And he sat there and read it. And I can't particularly remember it, but I don't remember. I mean, I was so... <laughs> it was a forgettable <laughs> performance. No, I was so... No, I thought he was so courageous. For saying, I want to come and read. Yes. He, he'd read something. He loved it. Thought he'd like to have a go at it. And I took my hat off to him. So I, I... have... Tremendously warm feelings. Had 24 on. come out by then? Do you know what 24 is? I do know what 24 is, and it hadn't come out by then. So he wasn't a big star. He was a medium star. Uh, no, because there were, he was in quite a lot of... He was he, in loads of stuff, actually, yes. wasn't he? He mm. was engaged to Julia Roberts at one point. Is that right? Yeah. I've heard... I'd heard... I mean, I, I, I knew there was, he, that he was a successful actor. But I just thought, my God. And he, so he was famous when he came to audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just said, I'd like to audition for it. And I said, well, of course, if you want to, you should. And, um, you know, looked after him as best as I could. I don't think I made a mistake. I think Jack was the right person to cast. Jack was the right person. Mm, but um, I just admired his courage. We admire his courage. I think he is excellent in this film. Very, he's very good. No, fucking no, no. terrifying. Yes. Um, very, very good. He's a horrible, horrible, horrible man. He was very, very good at driving. Yeah, the chicken scene. Do you know... So that the game, the game is chicken. Yes, where you drive. I, I've, I have seen. <laughs> you drive. Rebel about a course. You drive I know to about a car until mm. you, and it's completely terrifying. He is a psychopath. Yes. And it's very good, and you have it just before the end scene. So you're like, oh, he literally will kill River Phoenix. This guy's crazy. The chicken scene is is early on. No, it's not. Is that right? The chicken sheet, no, because I very clearly, I very took in that I was like, oh, they've put that right before the end, because all the way through you've been going, these guys are awful, and everything they do is tattooed, oh. you know, they're playing 
hit down people's mailboxes and they're horrible. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Playing baseball. But they're so, like, like archetypal of just, like, we are the bad guys. They're bullies and they're horrible. Dennis Hopper used to play those parts. (laughs) Um, But then there you are. Their life is really shit. All they do is, like, drive around. No, I had a great deal of sympathy for them. Not Letterboxd stuff. But right before, all the way through, you've been going, God, they're horrible. And then you watch him drive this truck off the road and they do it right before the end. So you're mm. like, oh, my God, he's a lunatic. Yes. And then when he comes face to face with River Phoenix, you're like, he's going to kill Yes, him. no, no, no. And River Phoenix's brother, did you get that River Phoenix's brother was in the gang, the mean gang? You didn't get it. Did oh, you? I didn't get that. Sorry, not his brother in real life. Not Wahin Phoenix. What, the characters. What, what was the name of the other one? One Eye or... Yeah. Was he called One Eye? Yeah. He was Chris... River Phoenix's character, Chris Chambers. That was his big brother. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Um, uh, so you were like, oh, his brother doesn't even care that Kiefer Sutherland is going to murder him. Um, uh, and then it's good that they then... I mean, I could see they hadn't quite thought through their plan as to what they were going to do with the body. But it's good that they... Well, nobody had, yes, they had, nobody they had, had a clue no, what to do with the body. They had yeah. no plan. <clears throat> um, yeah, my favourite bit of this film is the ending. Um, what he says about, I'll never be 12 again. Well, n- not that specific bit. No, the bit where they just sort of return and they all say goodbye. And he says, it's more actually... So he says it right at the end. Or actually, he types it. He doesn't say it, does he? He says, you never have any friends like you did when you were that age. Jesus, does anyone... But when they're all saying goodbye to each other, he says something about friends come and go, yeah. like busboys in a restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for some reason, it just it kills me. And that the, you know they used they then went on and passed Teddy in the halls and they'd say hi to him, but he didn't really. You know they they weren't they just had this moment together and yes. then they all just went off about their lives. For some reason, that makes me feel well, that's very life, emotional. That's what life is like or was like. Yeah, it it does it in an adult way. I can't. I am. I just know. I am the first person that cannot watch kids' films, and for some reason, this taps into like adult emotion. Have you ever read The Go Between? No. Well, that's the same thing. What is that? It's a wonderful book by a man called L. P. Hartley about a man looking back on his life from when he was a child and. He was in a big house mm. and, you know, there was a liaison going on between the gardener and the mistress of the house and he was the one, he was the conduit. And is it written? Yeah, it's written. Well, I, don't, I mean, I, it's a hundred years since I read it. But, <laughs> All right, but, I'll have um, a look at it. Mm. But I do always think that's interesting. Why are some books with a child protagonist adult books and why are some books, or like... Have you never read The Fallen Idol or seen the film of The Fallen Idol? No, but I have read To Kill a Mockingbird, and that is a grown-up book. Yes. But the... I think it's just to do with the quality of the writing, and... No, because it's not like kids' books He didn't try to pretend that he was a child writing it. He wrote it as an adult. Yeah. And it's about a man looking back on his childhood. But it's, it's not like kids' books or YA books like young adult books mm. aren't worth written they can be really well written but they're still you can just feel that they're aimed well, at it might be that teenagers. you respond to the perspective of an adult looking back yeah the goldfinch i love the goldfinch i've never read the goldfinch i really love it um i like quite a like 
I like, I think, do you know what I think I like? I like a coming of age, I like a sort of sweeping, yes. lifelong coming of age story, novel, movie. Um, uh, what do you think of? <laughs> I was then thinking of The Goldfinch. But I think a lot of the things, I, I like a sort of epic novel that follows someone throughout their entire life. Yes. Great Expectations. <laughs> best, best book ever Your written. Your favourite book. <laughs> best book ever written. No, I know. You've, uh, mm. you've told me that. Wonderful, wonderful book. You've told me that theory. Mm. Um, so it's directed by, I never know how to pronounce his name, Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. What's complicated about that? Well, it could be Rob Reiner. <laughs> no, Rob R-E-I-N. Reiner, who's the son of Carl Reiner. Yeah. And Carl Reiner wrote and was a character in The Dick Van Dyke Show, which. He was, was a very famous comedian. Yes. Yeah. And the Dick Van Dyke show, when I was in my, when I was a teenager or twenty or around that time, it was on TV and it was wonderful. Did Dick you, Van Dyke. And did Mary you love Tyler. Carl Reiner? Carl Reiner played a writer and he was you just made jokes the whole time. But Dick Van Dyke was so wonderful. Yes. Um, Those were the days. Yeah. So Rob Reiner, I think, was a big part in. Um, making it well actually I'm making this up I don't know if this is true but the fact that they decided for it to be Gordy's story it's all told Gordy is, that, is the that main was Rob character Ryan's decision. well I don't know if it was a decision but he had a thing that he really related to that character living in the shadow yeah, of his so brother yes the place was called Castle Rock which I don't think it is in the book no that was before his company so oh I see the place was called Castle Rock which and it might then have the been and then called, he started then his company, company called, called Castle, Castle Rock, Rock. Oh, and his if anyone doesn't know so Castle Rock made Seinfeld I'm sure. They were something to do with Seinfeld. Yes. So he's probably the richest man that's ever very possibly, worked yeah. in television. Carl Reiner died very recently. And he was Mel Brooks' great friend. Yeah. And every night Mel Brooks would end up at Carl Reiner's. At their house? Yes. Was Rob Reiner like, get out of my house? Well, <laughs> get out of my house I'm sure Mel Rob Reiner had left by then. But these two old men ended up. This is still very, very recently. Carl Reiner really died in the last year. Oh, what, they were still, they were still partying They were still together. best, no, they were just best friends and, and used to really sit there sweet. gossiping. Yes. I hope I'm still best friends with my best friends when I meet Yes, it was, it was very, very nice. I never met, no, I did meet Carl Reiner. He came to a premiere once. Um, and you just sat there thinking, my God, you were in the Dick Van Dyke show. Well, Rob Reiner has made two of my favourite movies. Sally and... Sally and Harry. Sally and, and Harry. Stand By Me. Yes. Wait, and there's another one that I really love. What else? I feel like he had a really good run at some point. Yes, he point. did. Mm. And then maybe uh, slightly went off. Was it When Harry Met... No. So I love When Harry Met Sally, obviously. Oh, no, he made The Princess Bride. The Princess oh, Bride. Well, I don't love The Princess Bride. I've never seen The Princess Bride. I've never seen though The Princess Bride. The other you've film... never seen it? No. Well, then we ought to do it. I know, Will's I friend, thought about that. Yeah. Bill Goldman wrote it. That Will is my brother, and he was good friends with Bill Goldman. Mm. Um, my other favourite movie of all time that Rob Reiner made is A Few Good Men. Oh, is that the military one? Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Is that what Jack Nicholson <laughs> That says? was my Jack Nicholson impression. Yes. Is that what Jack... Have you seen that film? Have I seen... A Few Good Men. I've never... I remember it, but I haven't seen it. Oh. I've probably seen clips from it. Oh, I love that film. Um, so yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Rob Reiner is the guy. And that's interesting. And you like it because it must somehow contain truths in it a few good men mm. i don't know why i know it's 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 not an obvious film that i would love i love it i think i do like i like a court case 
Um, I like... Uh, do you know what I realised the other day? I like a lot of Tom Cruise films, considering I wouldn't think I... Well, that seems unlikely. I don't love Tom Cruise as a human. No. Uh, he seems mental. Um, but I... it Tom Cruise and Demi Moore... Jack Nicholson, it's like, I don't know when it was made, probably maybe late 80s late or 80s, 90, yes. maybe 90. When I was around in Hollywood, that's when they were making it. Um, and it's just, I really like an Aaron Sorkin film. I think maybe that's it. It's Aaron Sorkin's first play. Is that right? It was a oh, play. he wrote it? Yeah. <clears throat> and it just does, it's like a perfect sort of story with well, a court case. You, you, and then you'd have to say that Rob Reiner was very, very clever and somehow did these films without becoming... You know, without having to do Marvel films, without becoming a, well, that's a Hollywood era. superstar. Yeah. And you could say, actually, the fact that he now doesn't seem to make stuff anymore, or I am I being wildly rude? It's because the, the type of films that he made, if I were to yes, put them all in a box, mm. yeah, it's like a particular type of probably yes. quite expensive to make, but they're sort of character They're character I remember making, or working for a studio, and they said about the script... It's a bit too much of a character film. Yeah. Uh, can't you make it a bit more of an action film? And I thought, oh, I see, that's what you worry yeah. about. Mm. I remember it very, very clearly. Being so, told that, as, and you thought, well, what's wrong with the character? And what they want, really wanted was action films. No, I know. And it's so funny because everyone, I, all my pretentious friends, uh, as in saying something is character-driven, is, a comp- is considered a compliment. Like, yes. it's not plot-driven, it's yes. character-driven. Yes. Um, uh, so action if you're going to do action films you ain't going to get employed I mean you are going to get employed yes um, but or, you're going to have a more modest reputation yeah well as I say I'm like well, you're going three, to be less rich three Rob Reiner films that I would say mm. were in maybe my top ten films well, ever well done him um, uh, even though he lived in the shadow of his father what a nightmare well, you'd say he came out from his shadow yeah I would say that but at the time of making Stand By Me, he was still a new a new guy. I don't know what his first film was. It was a film with John Cusack called something like Sure Thing. Oh, that was... Do you know what it That is? was just before me. Yeah. That, and then John made The Grifters. Yeah. John. Oh, wait. Rob Reiner's first film was Spin- This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, is that right? He made This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, that's Tap. where he came from. Yeah. Then he mm-hmm. made... Which I actually don't love. People love The Sure people, Thing. People love The Sure Thing and people love This Is Spinal Tap. And then I think he made Stand By Me. Yes. Um, but so John Cusack was his, his guy. Part of his growing up. Yeah. Um, mm. All right. Do you have any more to I've say not, on this? No, you, no, had, no. you had nothing to say on this film. Well, I don't think I've said... You have talked non-stop. <laughs> I think this is your... Um... I feel passionately about this yes, movie. It's, it's, that's if anyone, wonderful. If anyone hasn't seen Stand By Me, is but I think again, and now this has actually given me the confidence because I would have been nervous to recommend it to adult people that had never seen it because I thought, why, oh, why but do would... I? Because do I just love it? Because I loved it when I was a kid. Why would I not like it? Because you might go, well, this is about kids. Why are there people barfing all over each other? <laughs> go and see the. I mean, go and see the Fallen Idol. Go and read uh, the the Go Between. The go- who wrote The Go-Between? A man called L.P. Hartley. Oh, okay. They're really interesting. Um, no, I know that. I just, yeah, I'm always running my mouth about stuff that's for kids. I don't even, I can't read Harry Potter. I can't, I don't engage with child content, content yes, no, no, for no. children. No, the, those sort of books are all <clears throat> slightly more specialised. 
when when I was 12 or when I was whatever age I was when I was obsessed with this film there was also a film out called Now and Then I've heard of it yeah which is considered a really rubbish film but it we thought it was it was four girls it was about four girls you know it was their sort of coming of age film um and we always were like, oh, it's like the female Stand By Me. It's like the female Stand By Me. Yeah. And we loved it and we were obsessed with it. Christina Ricci was in it. And it, it, was, it was fun, but it wasn't considered like a sort of good movie mm. the way Stand By Me is. And I think probably I would, I would not want to watch Now and Then Now because I think yeah, I well, might... You always get nervous about I might be horrified. Child. Yeah, I know, but you're like, oh, why is the girl <laughs> version was shit and the boy version was Who amazing. wrote the song Stand By Me? Well, it's sung by Ben E. King. Ben E. King. At the end of the film. That version is sung by Ben yes. E. King, but I don't know if he was the first person who... Yeah. A lot of people have sung that song. Yes. Um, yeah, it is Ben E. King. And also, yeah, I wonder if they put that song in and then changed the title, because all the way through it was going to be called The Body, and I think then the studio were like, we're not releasing a film called The Body that's this film, because they don't make... It doesn't match. Oh, right. Oh, perhaps they had... Perhaps they found it difficult working out which film they were making. Well, yeah. I mean, if you start off making a film with the body, it's a sort of mystery film, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then you make this film. And it's a coming-of-age film. Yeah. But it happens. So somebody at the studio was clever. It happens to be about... Yeah. ...children set within... As well, I think what Stephen King... Because Stephen King obviously mainly writes horror things... Mm. I think even the things he writes that aren't horror, he there's a kind of darkness. Like with with this, all of their stories are really dark. Like yes. Teddy got his ear burned off by his dad, yeah. and Gordy's brother died, and yeah. kind of all of their backstories are dark. Yes. They're looking for a dead boy. That just makes life more interesting. Yeah, but maybe that's where. Um, that's where oh the microphone's gone weird. Um, all right, well I think we're gonna. I think we said I've said, I've said everything. You've talked nonstop. I You've really, been wonderful about it. I really love this film, guys. It really means a lot to me. It reminds me of not just my childhood, but like childhood for everybody, and how beautiful and wonderful it is when you're an innocent kid and you don't know all the awful things and you're just hanging out with your friends and you're there for each other they're each they were each other's family because their families were all so awful actually Vern's family seemed all right um okay we're gonna stop thanks very much for listening if you liked it please leave a review all the encouragement we can get needed planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.